you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends, because it's never official until the ballet lady sings, or as some people say, the fat lady sings. Am I allowed to say that anymore? I don't know, but I'm fat, so I think I can throw shit that way. Uh, Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. As always, for 15 years, we've been bringing you the billionaires, the CEOs, the brilliant minds, the Pulitzer Prize winners, all of the astronauts, not all the astronauts, we just had one on the show. (laughs) Uh, and all of the brilliant minds is what I intend to say. They share their stories of life, their journeys, their pathways, and they help share their stories with you so you can make your life better. And so the beautiful part is, is when the world is burning and there's ugly news out there and darkness and everything else, the Chris Voss Show can be the light in the world. It's the lantern. I'll just steal right off the cover of my book for a plug. It's the beacon of hope if you will and we're going to be talking about beacons of leadership today uh with another gentleman's book as well so as you guys all know leadership is one of my favorite little subjects little subjects what do you mean little i don't know it's part of my whole life i've been running companies since damn 18 anyway guys as always share the light in the world because that's what we do we all need to be lifters there's two things you do in the hardest of times you either find a lifter or you be a lifter and that's what we decided to do in 2020 uh so uh, help lift others. So that's the guilt and shaming part of what we do to set up the plugs. Uh, go for the show to your friends at goodreads.com. <laughs> See what we do here? It's all just a spin to get to the plugs. I love plugs. the guilt and shaming thing. I like guilt it. and shaming. Guilt and shaming. That's out of love. It's a love thing. It's Positively kind of like the, done. We're kind of like the moms of guilt and shaming uh, podcast plugs. Uh, go to linkedin.com for chess chris Foss. subscribe to the 130,000 group over there in the big linkedin newsletter go to youtube.com for chess chris Foss and chris Foss one on the tickety talkity as well as you can tell there's a guest wait there's a guest chris yeah there's always a guest people this is why we have people on you've been putting up with me for 15 years we're both sick of me like we've just had enough of me uh but we have an amazing gentleman on the show he's the author of the newest book that just came out august 24th 2023 the space for leadership lessons for who you can be regardless of who you were you people know who you are jeff janicavo uh runs uh comes on the show with us did i get that right jeff you're very close you got like an 8.5 out of 10 give me me the 10 Janakovo. One more time. Janakovo. Janakovo. Yep. Janakovo. There we go. Awesome. Right. Sauce. So welcome to the show. Uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Yeah. I mean, we're going to cover a lot of my journey. So I created a site, thejeffg.com. It's going to be one of those choose your own adventure type experiences because you're going to connect with some things I say, not all things I say. And when you get to there, thejeffg.com, you'll be able to connect with what interests you the most. There you go. You're a consultant and business owner who understands most of what we lead uh, with, navigates our day to a struggle that that hides in plain sight, and all too often those who hide their struggles even deeper. Uh, Jeff was one of those leaders who was going through that. He overcoming the traumas of violent sexual abuse as a child in 
And uh, in the last five years, Jeff has undertaken a tremendous amount of work and understanding to address these traumas and turn them into a transformative experience for himself and those around him. Today, he seeks to create an impact for others with his transformative book, specifically for organizations leaders that are dealing with teams who are in need of healing and the conflicts that arise when the needs of work, home, and personal greatness come crashing into each other. In his latest book, The Space for Leadership, he digs deep in his personal life story to translate his trauma turned into transformation for others to model and lead with an eye on creating space for all those around him to find new levels of greatness, healing, and success. Well, welcome to the show again, Jeff. Uh, that's an amazing story you have there uh, that we can uh, build on. Uh, so give yep. us a 30,000 overview of what's inside of the space for leadership. You know, the, uh I want to start off by saying you you shared it the context of my book. It's about my past, about my history as a child, uh, dealing with sexual abuse from a uh, uh, friend of our, you know, a, a family friend, friend of the family that my family was connected to and the community we lived in. Um, the 30,000 foot view is I want to be the example for people that need to heal, that got tremendous hurt, this tremendous mm -hmm. hole in their chest. Mm -hmm. And... I think one of I, well, I don't think I know one of my gifts is to stand in the gap, uh, stand in the gap in a place of need for others, mm -hmm. uh, lift others up, as you said, as we got into the show, right? Like do some things that help others out in this world. And uh, for me, that gift is standing in the gap. And uh, there's a lot of men that have dealt with that kind of abuse, this kind of abuse. There's a lot of women more so. Um, I don't expect everybody to be able to be in a moment like I am with you right now. And I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And I don't want people to weigh uh, whatever your, whatever your uh, past is, it is. Mm -hmm. I want to be that example and show you, you are, you are able to move past it on your own terms. There we go. This is the thing we always talk about in the Chris Voss show. It's, it's about, Sharing our stories, sharing our journeys, sharing, you know, we, we all have different traumas that we go through in life or challenges that we go through in life. No one goes through life that, that isn't uh, struck by something. And so by sharing how we go through that journey, how we survived it, how we overcame it, how we got to the other side are, are so important because the, they're, you know, we always say on the show, I think it's a, basically a quote of mine, basically stories are the owner's manual to life. And that's how we learn from each other because uh, the Postal Service hasn't delivered my manual yet. Has Have you gotten your manual yet for <laughs> human being, being a human being? Absolutely not. And that's why we have to write books to make those manuals, Yeah, uh, just like yours. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you start your companies, uh, and what do you do at your companies? I, I mentioned com. Tell us about some of the work that you do there. Do you do coaching as well, and it looks like you do some speaking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, I guess for me as a as an entrepreneur, I'm a consultant in one word mm -hmm. because the businesses that I have, uh, I'm blessed to have built great teams, and I don't need to be in the business each day. I get mm -hmm. to work on the businesses, and so those businesses are. I have a really great retail mattress store in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, called Gardner's Mattress and More. Oh. Uh, we're a 14 time winner. Uh, you know, we're real proud of the work we're doing there because. In the modern time we're in now, you can use this device in your pocket, order something up that I sell in that business, and it arrives at your front door, and there's a lot of slick marketing behind it. But that business is all about the customer experience. Um, yeah. I have, if you don't uh, sleep well, you don't live well. That's for sure. Well, 100%. Yeah. 
one hundred percent. Sleep is you know, life. Asked, it is. It is. Uh, there are so many things that sleep can do. That great sleep can do for us, mm -hmm. and you know, unfortunately, our society doesn't put a lot of value on it. You know, think mm -hmm. of all the health gurus that are out there, all the fitness gurus that are out there. Um, who are the true sleep gurus that have tens of millions of followers on social media? They don't exist. I think I, I think I should be a sleep guru because I really love it, but I'm, you know, I'm not coaching anybody <laughs> on it, but I, I probably could. Yeah. People would call me up and yeah. be like, Hey, I need to sleep more. I'm like, well, do it. Damn it. No, leave me alone. I got to go back to sleep. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like we, you know, we believe in it. You asked about authorship like space for leaderships, like my first book book, like a book mm -hmm. you can go buy on Amazon as a consumer of books and a reader of books, but like sleep better as a book. This is a great little tip for people in businesses. We can talk about my story, but this is a little tactical chunk, having a book, a little short book as a mm -hmm. lead generation tool. If you took my business away, if it burned down, if Lancaster, Pennsylvania ceased to exist and I had to move to Lancaster, California, hmm. um, I'd take this book with me and start anew. That and my customer list. I'd have two things. Um, Having so, those tools are so important because once you have yeah. these tools, it's the old teach a man to fish sort of analogy. Let's talk about your yep. story if you want to delve into that a little bit sure. deeper. Tell us about your journey and, and what got you here. Yeah. So, you know, business owner, typical kid, right? Like had a grass cutting business and sold that to buy my first car. Oh, wow. Worked in diners. Um yeah. Yeah. It was pretty neat. We lived in a development. I kind of sold it off in three phases and That's made some awesome. money. Yeah. Made some money on the back end, kept 10%. I didn't, I didn't never have that big picture when I was mowing lawns. I was just like yeah. five bucks and I'll see you next week. Yeah. Well then, so and then go. the parents, the parents messed it. It was short lived. The parents messed it up. Cause like, why are you paying this guy this money? You're the one doing the work. Well, I'm just smarter. Yeah. You know? That's what I should have done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you, you're like, delegate this crap. Yeah. So yeah. I knew delegation worked early on. And, you know, then I got into working at restaurants because I actually enjoyed that. Almost went to Career Center for cooking, but ended up doing cars. Mm -hmm. Got in construction, blew my body out, realized I could sell things, got into the corporate world selling things, got chewed up there, but realized I could sell things. And then I got into the home furnishings industry, representing factories all mm -hmm. across the nation. Uh, uh, there's not many, there's not many mattress factories out there that I don't know people that I don't know. And I built wow. a 22 career, 22 year career in that industry mm -hmm. and, um, proud of the work that I've done there. And mm -hmm. in 2012, I just wanted to get off the road. I missed all of my oldest boys firsts, yeah. uh, being out of alignment and, uh, um, 2012 bought one of my customers to be at home. And we've turned gardeners, what was gardeners, bedrooms, water beds, and more into gardeners, mattress, and more 14 time favorite choice mattress store in the area, mm -hmm. couple thousand handwritten reviews, hundreds and hundreds of online reviews. And, uh, I love the business. I love the work we do there. Cause it's all about five-star experience. That is awesome. Do you still sell water beds? No, no. Damn. No. <laughs> I used to love water beds when I was in my twenties, man. It was so great. Um, but uh, yeah. I was known to pop a few. I think, or one, at least one. <laughs> one time I, I did took, that once. One time I was uh, filling the mattress for a new move that we made, and I forgot that I was filling the mattress because I was a dumb young kid. And then I drove to uh, like at least ten miles away to our old place to pick up some more stuff. I was there, and it occurred to me that I had. Uh, 
left the mattress running and I, we were on the third floor and I was like, Oh my God, we're never getting our mm -hmm. deposit back. Uh, so I raced back to the place and I came in and it was a giant balloon. Hadn't started yep. leaking yet, but it was probably God knows how close to popping. And it was highly pressurized. It was highly pressurized, man. <laughs> I got that thing unhooked and started draining it and checking around and, Man, that that just would have been so bad because there was like three floors, uh, two yeah. floors below us, um, and I'm pretty sure we, you know I don't know they evict you for something like that probably I don't know they would send me a bill I'm sure, but oh, uh, yeah. mattresses are so important. I mean, uh, so you basically do a business lying on your back. It's one of those kind of businesses, huh? Oh, I've got all the good puns, man. I you know oh. when I go when I go to like new events and I meet new people, you know, it's like I'm Jeff. I do business in your bedroom. Um, mm. one of the oldest uh, uh careers in the in the, uh, in the that's humanity. right yeah there you go that's right there you go. i get well, to say we don't want we don't one night stand our customers five-star experience <laughs> is important right you're so, in the business of uh giving people tools to be in the business in their home or something i don't know what that's that right means. there you go right. so the title of your book is called the space for leadership mm -hmm. what what uh what what propagates that what uh what does the space for leadership mean yeah. So, and, and thank you for asking that. Um, you know, so, it's my, it's my job as host, Jeff. I'm kind of right. 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 No, I but you can stall with that if you want. Some people do. No, 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 it's uh, <laughs> no stalling, but no. Uh, so this, my book is really, it's all about my story. Right. Yeah. And, and I said, I have a great team and uh -huh. I didn't just snap my fingers and make that team lot of hard lessons along the way, hard fought lessons along the way, painful lessons because I was a terrible leader. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I had this big oh, really? wound, this gaping, yeah, a gaping hole in my chest from my dealings as a, from, from what happened as a child. Yeah. And, you know, it just was everything uh, was an internal fight. Certain aspects of my day still are today. Because this is not, you know, you don't, you don't get, just get to pack that away and forget about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like one of the things I talk about in the book is, is it's one of the chapters. It's called the way of the suitcase and whatever is in your heart, whatever is wounded in there. Oh. Uh, I would challenge people to think about it like this suitcase, right? Some days it's a nice little clutch, right? Mm -hmm. Little clutch purse, easy to carry around. Maybe it's a little bigger fanny pack. Maybe it's over your shoulder. Maybe it's one of those handy dandy suitcases on four wheels that spins around like crazy. Mm. Other days, it's a mean old, nasty, stinky rucksack that explodes out. Wow. And Sounds like my waterbed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great visual, right? Like some days, what's deep inside just explodes out. Yeah. You know, talk it, about why. Well, it depends on if it's been Taco Bell night the night before or not on Fridays. Right. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's that that happens. Yes. Yeah, those yes. are those are the worst explosions. But that's right. Were you yeah. having so? How were you reacting? Give us a visualization with it. Some people, yeah. you know, they they react uh, very poorly to being gaslit. They don't like to be mm -hmm. lied, trifle with, um, or screwed yep. with. Um, they they usually react very. They overreact. Um, mm -hmm. uh, some people uh, lash out at people. Uh, how were you performing that made you a bad leader? So we get a visual on what that looks like. Yeah. So great, you know, great segue into another one of the chapters called new cuts do not equal old scars. Oh, and, I like that. Yeah. So the visual is 
Labor Day Monday, we're done closing the store. I believe, I want to say this was 2015 or 16. Mm -hmm. I fly out of the parking lot at 65 miles an hour, Tokyo drift style. Wow. And the, the conflict was I was, I was as a leader, I was putting upon the team at the time we were in expansion mode. I was looking to groom future managers, future leaders. Those, those team members, as amazing as they are and were, weren't those people. It's not what they wanted. Wow. I wanted to push it on them. Mm -hmm. And so without getting into all the details, because uh, it's really immaterial, there was just conflict between my expectation, my business partner, um, what we had agreed on that I was kind of forcing on everybody and then the team. And it just blew up and I stormed out after a great day. I ruined the day and mm. fly out of the parking lot. I could have killed myself. I could have hurt, killed somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it was that, it was that new cut ripping open that old scar, that old feeling of mm -hmm. your words don't meet your actions. Oh. And for me, that's a big trigger point. I have to watch it. I really, really do. Your words don't meet your actions. That's important. So let me ask you this with your childhood trauma. When did you, when did you come out about it? When did you, uh, yeah. when did you finally start talking to people about it? Because a lot of people, and especially men hold it down inside forever mm -hmm. because for men, Some, it's probably even more shameful. Than it. I, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do an equate. It's not a, it's not a competition. Um, I think, I think for men, it's, it's very shameful and uh, I shouldn't do an equation between the two. It's, it's very shameful for both sexes, but, uh, yeah. um, but I, I think, I think men logically try and pack it away. I think is what I'm trying to say. We try and mm -hmm. give it a logic and reason spin and we don't, yep. And, and, you know, we bury the emotional damage, uh, deep down. So I think that's what I'm trying to say. So when did you finally come out and talk about it? Yeah, it was my late teens. Um, you know, and this, and this was, was more on top of more. I, I went to, um, close family mm -hmm. and, and basically was rebuffed saying, well, that can't happen because what you described can't happen at that young of an age. <sighs> That's why. And yeah. And you know, listen, um, I don't know. You know, deal with it. Yeah. I think the thing is leaders we got to understand is just like you said, stories. How'd you say that? Stories are life's man. Stories are the right? owner's manual life. There we go. There you go. Same thing. We don't get a toolkit e either, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get the manual and you don't get the toolkit. You got to build it as you go. And you know, the, dealing with this kind of trauma that I've dealt with that I shared, that's some like heavy, high test, high skill tools. It ain't just a hammer and a Phillips screwdriver. And so at the time, very hurtful at the time, very damaging mm -hmm. at the time, reframed negatively more stuff. So did you, did you talk to your family about it at that time when it happened or did you hold it in? Oh, I held it in. Yeah, okay. I held it in. So no so one knew a, until when? No. Uh, like six, se uh, 17. 17. Okay. So at 17, um, it, and it happened to you at what time? 7 to 12, ages 7, seven to, 12. to 12. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I was born in Canada. Uh, I moved to the States when I was uh, 11 mm -hmm. and, or 10, 10 turning 11. And um, this person... Uh, decided to make two family vacations and visit 
and the abuse continued from 500 miles away. Not even 500 miles could separate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And one of the one of the problems with you know parents and people that oversee that are you know their their job is kind of supposed to be to protect you, so they have a hard time squaring this in their head, uh, yeah. and and it's a signal that they failed, and so they're having a hard time and probably denial it as well, which doesn't help yeah. you know the victim's case because you know they're like hey this really happened to me and they're just like no it didn't and you're just like uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah, I was, I was there, very much you know? there yeah. yeah yeah I was very much there oh. uh. You know, I just realized this um, about a month ago. I've never, as an adult, enjoyed birthdays. Really? Uh, yeah, because even there was even abuse at a birthday oh. at the restaurant, uh, hand under the table uh, mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, and so I only realized that about a month ago. Like, oh, yeah, that happened. You know, and, and as I've worked through all of this stuff, there's more more details fill in the spaces, right? I continue to do yeah. the work on this. I am not here standing as somebody fully restored, fully embodied, fully healed. I'm really? standing as somebody that can be that example. Mm-hmm. That's well, who I am. At least, uh, I mean, at least you've been able to open up about it. I remember watching... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh never leaving never leaving neverland i think it was with the two young boys who were who came out as molested by michael jackson mm-hmm. and uh they did a show after with oprah and oprah kind of had this live audience that was there and there was an nfl player who stood up in the audience and he'd been molested by a uh the neighborhood cop and you know back in those days this was you know he's a very old gentleman so he was back in uh, you know, this is back in the days where, you know, they had those old beat cops. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it was a figure that you're supposed to trust, of course. Yep. And so that made it even more complicated. But for decades, he held it in. And he, you know, he indulged in probably all sorts of different ways to medicate it without going and seeing a psych, a psych uh, a therapist. And uh, he finally wrote a book and he came out about it and said, you know, this this happened to me. And, um, I think men think it takes away from their manliness. It takes away from the masculinity. I think that's one thing that complicates us. Sure. Um, and in, in our version of it. And so he's, he made a comment that was really interesting. He says, he says the poison inside you, uh, you have to get it out. You have to talk about it. You have to open up to it. It's like yeah. a poison from like a wound. Or, or like a snake bite where you have to bleed it out. You have to get out of your system. And until you do, it will just fester inside of you and it just toxifies everything. And it, it's basically poison. And so just sometimes admitting that, you know, there was something happened and talking about it and opening up about it and sharing it is half the battle. I remember a friend opened up to yeah. me one time, uh, kind of caught us all by surprise we were having a little party and he he brought up people must as a child we, we first thought he was kidding because we're all drunk and having a good time and a party we usually held at events and uh but he wasn't and uh you know then it finally occurred to us that he was serious and but it was the hardest thing for him to come out and talk about it and admit to it hmm. and and then of course that took him on his healing journey so um in your book, you've kind of tried to tell that story, I guess, and and yep. how you've you've uh, tried to reconcile that. Is that a good yeah. framing? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, for me that, that, that calling to stand in the gap exists through leadership. It exists through realizing as a leader, the people around me, I have a tremendous ability to impact their life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen what it's like in a negative way. And yeah. I, I, I'm not that man anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not perfect, but yeah. every day is intentional to be a better person and create that space for people. So another analogy that I use is, you know, a lot of leaders feel carrying a sword is a good thing, you know, mm. being on offense, right? Well, a sword mm. cuts people down. Yeah. I, I challenge people pick up that figurative shield. If you think about like an, any epic medieval hero movie, right? Almost always the pivotal point is the shield above the head or here sword clangs in space is created. It turns Every the village is saved. He gets the gold. He gets the girl. Whatever, right? The space is created. Gets the revenue. Yeah, <laughs> gets the revenue. All right. <laughs> and so for me, it's like take, drop that sword, or at least put it by your side. Take this shield. Put it above your head. Get space around you and bring people in. Mm-hmm. Be that leader. Yeah. Invite people in to that space, and you know we get a lot from our folks. We get a third of their day during our work week together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've become a society that is so attached to our phones that work now gets taken home with us, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is right. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, again, look back to that story of 65 miles an hour on Labor Day. Those people were great people, but they mm-hmm. weren't leader people. They wanted to be in their spot. Yeah. I was, try- I was trying to mold something that just w- wasn't there. And that's why that conflict arose. But um, we need to we need to be leaders that understand we got humans around us. If you just want robots, guess what? You're in a fantastic time for that because they're coming, <laughs> right? They are coming. Yeah. Now, what is this eight? What is this eight hour thing you're talking about? We chain people to the wall here and they never leave. What, yeah. <laughs> what's this eight hour thing? Talking about? Including me. I'm chained yeah. to this desk. Yeah. I can't get up right now. I'm winking right yeah. now. SOS. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, you, the subtitle of the book, Lessons for Who You Can Be, Regardless of Who You Were. Uh, frame us out a little bit about that because you talk about building bridges and going from pain to uh pain to strength and from adversity to empowerment. Tell us about making that bridge or that gap or standing in the gap as you like to call it. Yeah. You know, it really comes down to, uh, you know, I saw myself as somebody not worthy. Hmm. Uh, I saw myself as someone that's always going to have people letting them down. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was a point, Chris, uh, my family, my abuser's family was gathered at, as my memory best serves me, it was like a Christmas, Christmas time thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're all in the living room hanging out. And this guy is just kind of nudging his daughter, bothering her. And his wife says, is he molesting you? I mean, does that just come right out while that's, everyone's around? Exactly. Or is this privately? That's, no, it's out loud. Oh he, oh, he says that about the daughter. Sorry, the wife I, says that to her daughter. Serious, like just right. Everyone's sitting around, like uh, you know, like uh, Thanksgiving dinner sort of thing, and yeah, you know, hundred percent, just hanging wow. around in the living room. Wow, and at that shit. moment in time, there was such a tremendous weight lifted off of me. Oh, because I'm like, this is it. He's found out. This is it. Some 
Somebody, please. Yes, this is happening. Nothing was said. It just went over like ride, a lead balloon, or it just yeah, came it just, off as a. It was said, and it floated into the ether. I wonder if the, it was. You know, women have a way of they they know things, and they have a way of of jabbing that. at something. Do you think she was probably in the know? Yes. Was hundred percent. Wow, one hundred percent. And um, do you think she had any suspicion about you? I can't see how she wouldn't. Wow. Have you ever talked to these people, either of these people about them and uh, confronted them? Interesting question. Uh, So we moved, you know, we moved away. Uh, There were a couple other instances shortly after we moved here to the States, but then it, you know, they fizzled out and were no longer in our lives at all. Mm. Um, uh, Interestingly enough, and I don't know, well, hmm. I'm getting goosebumps right now because I was about to say, I don't know why she showed up, but the, my abuser's wife just popped out of seemingly nowhere at my grandmother's funeral back in, I guess that was April of this year. Really? Yes. Did she or see no, you? Was, um, I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. Like I was, she, she said hello to my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was seated a couple, you know, it was a funeral in the, ba- you know, uh, uh, the, the, the gathering and meal after the services was in the basement of the church. And, um, I was kind of seated against the wall and my mom was a couple seats down. And then this lady was on the other side of my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I just said, I got some goosebumps. I was going to express, I don't know why. No, I know why. Cause mm-hmm. this was a test. This was a test to see how I'd respond. And I let it roll off my back because to respond in any other way would, would be, uh, just an emotional drain that I didn't need. Yeah. I'm over it. Like at this point, the the book, at this point, my book is already in draft status at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, did you name names in the book by chance? I don't curious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Huh. You know, he, he, he's, he's long since passed away. I know that, hmm. um, he paid, he, he did, uh, he did go to prison. Um, so he, he was convicted of it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But there, you know, there's a tragic, there, there's a tragic path in that. The, the, mm-hmm. Another young boy committed suicide. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I say my, I say my, so she knew then the mom, the wife knew she wouldn't have, would have to know when he went so. to prison. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a son. Mm-hmm. They had an adopted son. All the children were actually adopted. This all plays out like a typical pedophile. Yeah. List, I've, right? I've seen like, this in Utah. I've seen this in Utah yeah, where they adopt children. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the basement had Nintendo, which in the early mid eighties or I'm sorry, uh, mid late eighties yeah, was like the thing yeah. computers. And so like even today, today was a day. Today was a day where sitting at my computer desk was just difficult because hmm. it was Jeff, all you, in front of you, a screen. Have you seen, have you, have you sought therapy about this? Have you gone to a therapist? Uh, I have, but I never shared it with a therapist. Okay. Yeah. I highly recommend therapy for you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Almost everybody need that goes through this needs to go to therapy. Um, yep. I should know. <laughs> uh, it, the, uh, uh, you know, this is one of those things that trauma and, and I don't think, I don't think there's a few other people that can understand it. I mean, you can write about your book and it's great that you own it and you share it because those people out there, you know, like that young person who committed suicide and other people who are struggling with this, you, you're probably going to save some lives. Um, and they're going to see how yeah. you went through it and stuff, but it's so important, especially if it's, you know, as you said at the beginning of the show, it's still there with you and you're still, you're still wrestling with it a little bit maybe is that the right yeah is that the right uh, perception sure yeah. yeah sure and and yeah. you know i i kind of view that as uh i don't know if it's fair to say a healthy acceptance of it because i i mm -hmm. just acknowledge it like i i yeah. used to push through yeah and then i would push through that negative feeling that negative interaction and then it would just be more be miserable at the end of the day which carries over into the next day and the next day and then mm -hmm. but now i just don't have to do that now i could just say you know what for some reason, deep in the psyche, deep in the subconscious, it's popped up. We're just not going to go. We're just not going to go flick that nerve. Yeah. Just what it is. Yeah. I and, mean, that's, uh, a, that's the one thing about being a man. We can use that logic and reason to manage. We can use stoicism and stuff to manage our emotions. And we don't have to react to them because we don't have to live in them. But uh, it's still one of those you want things. The, that, you want, you want my version of the manly way to talk about emotions and feelings? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear. Organize and stack. Uh-huh. Give me, give me an expansion. That's what you got to do. Well, Organize I mean, so rather stack. than, yeah. Prioritize sort of think thing? About yeah, your, where you Think about your feelings. Yeah. Think mm -hmm. about your feelings. Organize them out. Put them in a box. Stack mm -hmm. it away. It's kind of like I said, the suitcase analogy, right? Yeah. That's like, the beauty you know, of being a man. We can think of things in boxes. We can pick one up and, and look at it mm -hmm. and play with it, and then we can put it back down, and we can do this where you know, women have to think about everything all at once. But there's, there's a reason why right. we're built that way. Yeah. It's, a, it's, right. a, uh, right. it's, a, it's a feature, not a bug for both sexes. Um, yeah. So it's interesting in, in how you go through this. But this is important that you talk about. You share your message because, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've told the story a million times in the Chris Foss show, so people don't ride with me on this one. But uh, I'll make it quick. You know, years ago, I lost my dog into a seizure one night, and it was over in a half an hour. And so we went from being a perfect little family that I thought would live forever, and you know, I don't have any kids. Um, I can't afford all the divorces, um, <laughs> uh, and so I'm still saving up for my first divorce. I'm, I'm at five million dollars, but I think I need another double that um and then i'm gonna get married and divorced really quick so i can catch up to everybody i need like about right. three divorces and i'll just do it in a week <laughs> in vegas but uh still saving up for that um and uh uh and so i i it was it was it hit me like a ton of bricks um it hit me harder just it was just it was a punch in the gut so i put down half a bottle of vodka and bled out everything I was feeling onto a Facebook post. And uh, I was pretty, uh, fairly private at that time. I mean, I was a social media rock star and, you know, all this Forbes stuff and all this crap and, you know, being, having all these followers on, on Twitter and social media. And uh, I, 
I thought, oh man, I don't want to talk about this. And so I kept drinking. I think I was drinking to make sure I didn't wake up the next morning. And uh, I sat there for half an hour about pushing that button. And I'm like, this is way too personal. This is way too much I'm sharing. I don't want to do this. No one, no one cares. No one gives a shit. It's just me being selfish and, and bleeding out and talking about my thing. So somewhere after uh, a vial of a liter of vodka, I don't think I did a full liter, but I was close. Um, and uh, I just didn't give a shit anymore. And I think I kind of felt like it was a suicide note at that point. And uh, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to send it. And hopefully I just won't wake up tomorrow, uh, which is weird because I had another dog. Uh, that needed me in their life and so i crashed and went to bed and um it really changed my outlook on telling stories and sharing our stories and being honest and open and authentic yep. and i was shocked at the people who it touched it moved uh sharing my story my pain my struggle like you have in your book made it so other people could talk about their pain and struggle of loss yep. and so i had these people writing me and they're like yeah i I never realized that I didn't get closure with my dad or my dogs and, and I read your post and, and, uh, it helped open me up. I cried, you know, all day long. Um, and, and we've actually saved a lot of dogs lives too, as well, from what we learned from some of our journeys with our dogs. So sharing our stories, it helps people. I mean, yeah. there's been two people in, in my social media feed that wrote to me and said, you saved my life today. I was going to kill myself. Mm because uh, it was awesome, in whatever man. sort of mess I was in and whatever sort of inspiration you put out in the ether. And it, was, it wasn't like we were like, hey, we should put out some stuff today to save people's lives. Uh, we were just putting out positive things on social media. We touched somebody. And so you just yeah. never know. And a lot of people, a lot of times you're never going to know. I've had people come up to me years later and go, hey, remember that post you made years ago? Yeah, that changed my day in my life. And I couldn't really talk to you about it then, but thank you. And so exactly. that's what you're going to do with your book and sharing your story. Yep. And the reason I bring that up is because all of us need to address our traumas uh, and and reconcile them. You know, reconciling is so important, especially, I think, for women because they're so based in the emotional damage of it. Uh, as men, we can pack it away and box it away. But you, you need to see a psychiatrist. Not you. I'm just saying everyone who has trauma. Sure. You need to see a psychiatrist, uh, especially sexual trauma. Uh, you need to work through it with a psychiatrist, talk openly with them about it. The, one of the challenges you have is like what you had when you were 17 is your family's not built to handle it. I mean, you have to be honest with them, but they're not built to handle it. They don't know what to do. Uh, yep. it's, you know, they, they, it's a failure on their part. They see it as, uh, you know, they want to be in denial about it. And a psychotherapist can help you work through it because you've got to, you've got to unbundle so much stuff and the damage uh, is pretty extensive through all of your life. It weaves through everything, especially from a man's mm -hmm. point of view and his masculinity and being a provider and protector. Um, it, it usually trauma puts us in an emotional state rather than our masculine state. It puts us more in a feminine state. And so um, we find that we react more to uh, gaslighting and we don't react well. Um, you know, there's a lot of, toxicity that can go on to how we how we react to other people or deal with other things but i'm glad you found a way to 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 you know go from those pain to strengths and building adversity to empowerment because that's the journey of life uh, and what we go through uh what are some other lessons we haven't touched on that are in your book or, or what you want to lead into well you, you you shared the word reconcile and again i got i got goosebumps from it um 
and this, this, I'm going to preface this statement because I've also come to accept and understand that just because I'm here sharing my story, that might put pressure on more pressure on somebody having a similar journey because mm-hmm. they're just not that person. You said this isn't, we're not measuring things here. It's not a contest. I, mm-hmm. I again want to say that. It, it, yeah, if it's not a competition. This, yeah, if you've got this hole in your chest, it's not any smaller because you were a straight A student and that one time got a B and your parents really came down on you and it just like messed with your head. I'm not here to say that's any worse, better or anything. I'm here to say it's what it is and you have it and you can work f- forward from it. That's all. So and on that's the topic. The, that's the big yeah. message. You can survive. It gets better. I mean, you know, like yeah. I think keep coming back and thinking about that gentleman who, uh, you know, your, your, uh, victimizer, you know, the gentleman, uh, killed himself. You know, this is the point is getting people to survive. There is a way to get from that adversity to empowerment. Yeah. And so on that note, you, you, you shared that word reconciliation mm-hmm. and, uh, Sean's suicide that happened at 15 for him. Wow. And so, um, for me, and, and, and this is where I was saying this may be hard for people to hear, and it's hard to understand, but I have, I'm not a, I'm not a church goer, but I have a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. And I do believe one of my coaches said, Get, well, God will do no harm. And that's a really hard statement to reconcile when you look at a kid with cancer, Yeah, a kid, you know, local to me, a kid uh, somehow got a hold of a handgun uh, and I'm a hunter, I'm a gun owner. Mm-hmm. But got a hold of a handgun in a uh, in a camp trailer uh, camping on the weekend and killed and, and subsequently died. Mm-hmm. Picked it up and shot themselves. Um, you know, uh, so that's terrible. And when you say, hear somebody say, "God will do no harm," how do you possibly reconcile that? Well, I'll give it through this lens. Mm-hmm. I believe as somebody with the gift to stand in the gap and be the example. Mm-hmm. I believe that this evil was directed to me because I could carry it. I wouldn't be another life that ended far, far too soon. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the person to carry that evil forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe. And that's where my strength comes from. And, and, and again, that for somebody with a, an exact same journey, that may be very hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not going to push it upon you. I'm just going to share that that is my, sure. belief. but mm-hmm. when you talk about reconciliation, I mm-hmm. have faith that what you shared, cause it's already happened when you're vulnerable, like your post, when your dog passed away, I'm sorry, you lost a dog. I, it's there. It's just the worst when it happens. It is because yeah. I've, I've lost some and mm-hmm. I have, I have the, the most heartbreaking example was when we fostered one. If we have time, I can share it, but please do. I, I get it. Okay. Well, I'll do that next, but, um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but my belief is that I'm the person that can stand in this gap and, and, and discuss this and bring it forward because people will condense where it was. People will connect like they did with you, with your dog. Mm-hmm. And it's already happened. It's already helped people. Um, they've already messaged me privately. I've been at events where I talk about this and they come up to me at the side and mm-hmm. we share that bond. And I'm sorry. I always say I am sorry we share that bond because um, that's the only thing that I could apologize 
at that moment for. I can't apologize for what happened because I wasn't the person who did it. Yeah. But I can be empathetic and apologetic that we share that bond. Mm -hmm. And that's why, I mean, this is why I feel it's so important. And I think through the, in, in the lens of leadership, why it dovetails into leadership is because where else are your humans going where they can connect with people so deeply for so much time? Mm -hmm. And I get, we got businesses. I get you probably signed up to make money. You bought a business to turn a profit. I'm what? That guy too. what? I get There's it. a profit in this? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I just was that, doing them all for charity since 18. Right. 27 right. companies. Yeah, it's just right. charity. I mean, that can all exist and the human element can exist too. Like I refuse to believe that a leader doesn't have 15 minutes to a half hour a week to connect on a human level with people. Mm-hmm. And it, it just like that's, that's really, I think, what you've talked about and written in about your book boils down, bringing things down to that human level, that we're all yeah. human beings, that we all have traumas, yeah. that we all have challenges. I mean, some people maybe don't have quite traumas, but they have challenges. I think uh, whether you believe in that higher power that you referenced, um, I'm an atheist, so I might find that the original premise is faulty on its on its front. So, mm -hmm. but you, it's important that people believe what they want to believe to get through this yep. life. And I, I believe, yep. you know, whatever uh, somebody else wants to believe is fine. Um, you know, everyone's got a log they need to hold on to through this crazy thing they call life, and what happens yep. between uh, birth and death. But um, you know. That that being said, I'm stalling because I lost my thought in the segue. Uh, is uh, you know you've got to you've got to I am not going to find my way back to it. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna punt back to you on that. Um, but I think people know wherever I was going. Just finish it for me in your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, That's we're my new pause. podcast. Just finish gonna, my segues in your head. Love it. We're gonna pause. Give some space. Let you've all finished Chris's thought. <laughs> Just got no, a I mean, moment of silence. Chris yeah. is fucking brain damage. <laughs> but I think we were, you know, look, we were talking about that human connection. And I said it earlier in the show, like you're in a great point. We're at a great point in time. If what you want is your humans to be robots, you're going to get them. There's already yeah. businesses that have laid off humans for yeah. robots. Yeah, you know, I think I remember you know. where I was at. Here we go. I, yeah. you, you, and so and so that's one of the points of being in leadership and servant leadership is recognizing they're all human and how can we connect on a human level to achieve our goals? You know, this is what we look for yeah. in teams. This is what we look for in in building organizations and employees and, and everything else is building the teams that can take on the challenges of the world, you know, the little armies, if you will. I always like to think of ourselves as a tribe where we go kill the woolly mammoth in the caveman style. Um, um, but the human aspect of it and being able to uh, inspire and motivate people and touch people at their deepest levels of humanity to where they get fired up and they go, let's go do it. Let's go kick ass. Let's go take on the world. Let's go achieve something and build something. And so I think that human level and being able to get down to that nitty gritty is everything. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. We'll you just know, cut out the I'm middle part where I get lost <laughs> on the edit. <laughs> No, you want. It's kind that's of a fun the, little journey, actually. I liked it. That's right. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some you know, things and, you gotta. And, some things you gotta marinate in people, and you gotta go through the journey right. with me on. That's right. <laughs> you get deep inside the mind. Yeah, we're just oh, wandering. It's part. Remember, it's it's not the destination. Right. It's the journey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is, and and you know, I think like some of my proudest moments as a business owner are helping people that are no longer with us get higher in life than they could with us. Mm -hmm. You know, they needed to grow further than our walls would allow. And so we helped mm -hmm. them grow to that point, And then we, they moved along. 
Um, one of my one one of the one of the people involved in that sixty five mile an hour leaving the store pissed off story, mm-hmm. Pete Ruggieri, great individual, passed away. Um, when did Pete pass away? Man, this year has flown by. It was earlier this year, and um, uh, complications related to cancer. And um, you know, we allowed Pete. Pete was like just the ultimate make you laugh and take your money salesman. <laughs> like he was so quick-witted. He did some stand-up comedy. So that if you love like some darker humor, some fun humor that pushes uh-huh. the boundaries, here's a great story. So mm-hmm. Pete had a Facebook page called people of Lancaster. I think it's still up. <laughs> he created this story about Thomas, the train Thomas, like the kid's, storybook mm-hmm. TV show, Thomas, the train character, because we have Strasburg railroad, historic railroad in our County. Well, they bring Thomas, the train out. They put like a cover over a big locomotive and it's Thomas, the train and all the kids go crazy. I took oh. my sons there. They loved it. Oh, well, he cool. made a, he made a, and it was a satire site. He makes a post that Thomas, the train is canceled because Thomas had to enter rehab. Well, we all know Thomas had a drinking problem. I mean, it's been more this it's been, thing it's been obvious for some time. <laughs> this thing caught fire. Oh, really? Oh, it went viral. The 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 Thomas the Train people sent a cease and desist letter to him. Oh my gosh! Wow! Right. <laughs> it's so dirty. So this was Pete. I share that because Pete had just this incredible organic like where did you possibly think of that humor and but he was extremely charitable and they, like it's cool again with that you would be so into dogs because pete was into dogs dobermans were his thing especially rescues and he he created the santa stumble santa stumble was a bar crawl christmas time santa suits get dollar store gifts pass them out to strangers on the street like there's nothing like an amish country lancaster county pa being drunk, wearing a Santa hat, handing out a pregnancy test to somebody you don't even know, right? Like that was what he inspired. And this is Fridays around my house. Um, yeah. It feels like the scene from Bad Santa, the movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. It actually. was. Yeah. But we, and I share all this because we allowed that to foster on our time. I didn't crack down on him. Like, Pete, come on. Uh, like, you got to watch my sales training videos again. You got you to gotta go push the vacuum again. You got to mail out five more thank you cards. We did all that. Mm-hmm. we got our time but we allowed him to have that time and we and we deposited back into the community and santa stumble all those proceeds which is north of 300 grand over the years as, as i understand it um went to our local canine and horse mounted police division that ran all on donation oh that's awesome yeah that's and awesome. so that's the human element i'm talking about as a leader mm-hmm and 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 guess where people came to get tickets for Santa Stumble to when it became business. something major? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, there yeah. You go. We were the official mattress sponsor of Santa Stumble. Did right? you ever get a C and D from the old uh, Thomas Train people? Yeah, yeah. I think they actually did send it to the store. I think. <laughs> I think. Either way, you know th- that's the human element I'm talking about. That's one yeah. example of so so many that are out there for you, and these but- you know this is another example in real life. This is happening in my circle right now. Um, and I'll share it that way and then give a parallel example. Cause I want to protect the stories of people that I know and care for. You could very well have 
a VP in your company, stellar family, American dream, big house, white picket fence, two dogs, and you don't know that that guy might be realizing his daughter is now hooked on drugs. Wow. Like that can very well happen. Mm-hmm. And how do you extract that? What environment do you create? What space do you create? Where, where, where does that person go? Who's leading 30 people on your team? Mm-hmm. Where do they go? They can't go to anybody under them, at least not mm-hmm. at first. They can't go to their peers. They got to go to you, the owner, the leader. That's the space you got to create. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. And standing in and the we, gap like you talked about for them. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and you got to give people that that leverage. So well, I, I you want to hear? Uh, go ahead. You want to hear that story about Zena, my foster dog? Yes, we we put on the platform, so we should uh, exercise it. Yeah, yeah. So I believe also, you know, who's whoever might be listening, giving back's important. Actually, before I jumped on this show, uh, uh, somebody who I respect in our foot. I'm a big into football. My son's in high school football. I think we're going to make a successful college career out of it. If not further, we're going to get one milestone at a time, though. But anyway. One of my fellow friends in the coaching community uh, has a kid in the city, in Reading City. Uh, dad's not in the picture. It's mom, two sisters. This kid works full-time in high school, plays football, and provides for his family. He's the only income. Mm-hmm. I took pillows for his whole family because I know that most everybody cheats out on that, especially when they have to. Like time, talent, treasure. If you don't have the dollars to donate, put some time into your community. I like that. If you if you don't necessarily have the time, if it's hard to get away because you've you're a single parent with your own children, but you're a graphic designer, maybe you can carve out an hour at night instead of watching Housewives of whatever city they're in today. <laughs> you can uh, you can give an hour back to a dog charity and design a logo for an upcoming event. There you go. I'm such see, a believer. In I want to see Housewives of Salem. Uh, that might be interesting. It's all <laughs> like witches from the 1800s or something. That's live next week at midnight on Tuesday, the 30th, October 30th. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Like so anyway, Zena, the dog. So we, we, we have ebbed and flowed with dogs and fostering at times it's treasure at times it's, it's, uh, time. And so the foster is time. We give our time to these foster dogs. Mm-hmm. Zena was a pit bull, horrible allergy skin conditions, couldn't really be around other dogs. Got her used to R2. It took nine months of work with this dog. We finally get her to a home. Meet and greet goes well. I have a packet that I give to foster to new adoptees about how to bring a dog in. Mm-hmm. And they break all the rules. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting text photos within two hours of Xena beside the little boy with food in his hand. And like you said, she didn't like to play fetch. She's out in the backyard with our dog playing fetch. I'm like, stop. You like, she'll fool you. And then she'll break you. And the next morning, big dog fight. The toddler got bit. Oh, which, no. That's the death sentence for a dog. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't go after the kid. The kid was just in the, in the zone. And no rescue is going to, is going to then adopt. So she comes back to us. We, we pour in another couple of weeks trying to make it right, but something triggered. And, um, we knew, you know, the only way that she would have stayed, um, would have been with us, but something triggered and it became a real problem in our home. 
And uh, so unfortunately we had to, we had to euthanize her and that one to this day still, it just breaks my heart because it didn't have to be. Yeah. And, and I guess the lesson there is um, don't go be a maven and, and think, you know, better. Like when somebody's given you advice mm-hmm. and they're vested in your happiness, because I was vested in that family, having another dog, like, listen, listen to them, take it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. So. This has been a wonderful journey we've gone on. I'm glad you've shared a lot of this because uh, hopefully you. there are people in the audience that have listened to kind of the journey we've gone on and talked about your journey uh, that will maybe help them, you know, reconcile where they're at or help them cross the bridge where they can start talking about it. Um, the most important thing is to share that poison people and, uh, and at least talk about it, at least to a therapist. Um, and uh, uh, because if you keep it inside, it's just like a poison. It will just eat you. It will affect you in every sort of way. And, um, and poison will kill you in the end. It will destroy you. Uh, whether, you know, it's a death by a thousand cuts if it doesn't outright destroy you. So uh, it'll affect your relationships. It'll affect everything you do. It'll affect your leadership, your business skills, all that good stuff. So I'm glad you're sharing that with the world and, and, and coming out and talking about it. Um, tell us where uh, people can uh, pick up the book and then, of course, uh, reach out to you on your website, some of the things you do on your website uh, for people, and uh, give us that final pitch out as we go out. Yeah. So if you want to get the book, it is on Amazon. You cer- certainly can grab it there. The Space for Leadership. If you want to get it uh, direct, kind of learn a little bit more about the book before you go buy it, thejeffg.com slash book. I do mm-hmm. have a button on there if you want an autograph copy. If you felt connected, um, I'm happy to autograph it, send a little personalized message to you. If we can connect that way, I'd love to. Um so all that's on thejeffg.com slash book. And that same site has everything I do. We didn't get into the other businesses. We didn't get into some of the other work I do, but there's some blurbs there. Check it out. And if you connect with it, reach out. There you go. Uh, check it out, folks. And uh, pick up the book wherever fine books are sold. The Space for Leadership, Lessons for Who You Can Be, Regardless of Who You Were. These are the journeys. These are the uh, stories that are the owner's manual to life and how we learn from each other. And if you know somebody who might need some help, uh, pass the book along to them as well. Thank you very much, Jeff, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank there you, you go. Thanks to our audience uh, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, fortunescursfuss, linkedin.com, fortunescursfuss, youtube.com, fortunescursfuss, and Fuss one on the tickety-tockety. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.